This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Angie Morgan to the show. Angie will talk about how to identify and ignite individuals with the capacity to be powerful catalysts for personal and organizational change. Angie, welcome. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Hey, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and I love the spirit of this podcast. What a great combination combination of life leadership and career. Again, the things I think that matter to all of us. Thanks, Angie. I'm excited, and I agree. We have a lot of synergies today. And, you know, Spark is such an incredible book because it's really empowering we as individual leaders to lead, but also how do we empower others for greater success? So how did you learn to lead? Where did it all start for you? Well, it's interesting as I think about my career and how the term leadership was served up to me. I went to the University of Michigan in our school's fight song. We often shared that we were leaders and best. But while I was pursuing my undergraduate degree, I was also pursuing a commission in the United States Marine Corps, where they promised to make you a leader, but they taught you to make you a leader. And through my experience in the Marine Corps, I realized that it's not a degree or a management position that makes you a leader. It's action and behavior. And that's something the Marine Corps does really well. When I was 21 and I was a young officer, I had a platoon of you know 20 Marines. That was a tremendous amount of responsibility, but I was trained and prepared for it. I also learned too that leadership isn't, again, about a title. It's about building influence. It's about your behavior. It's about building connection, the things I think we all value, but we sometimes can't put a name to it. And so when I left active duty and started working in the private sector, what surprised me was how the term leadership was used. It was often used in regard to somebody's title or position of authority. When I learned again in the Marine Corps, it's about action. It's about behavior. And anyone at any level can be a leader. So this really inspired me to share this leadership message. It's not about the title. It's about what you do every single day, and no one can point at you and say you're a leader. You choose to lead. Beautifully put. So the title of the book is Spark. So define that for us. Where did that that come about? Yeah. So the first book my business partner, Courtney, and I wrote was Leading from the Front, and it was a book for women professionals. It was all about bridging Marine Corps leadership practices for women professionals, because not a lot of women serve in the Marine Corps, want to serve in the Marine Corps, but there's this treasure trove great information. And so through our then career of speaking and consulting, we started to realize that we're meeting all these go-to people in our working worlds. And we just wanted to say, like, if we could bottle their behaviors um, and share them with others, can you imagine just the success other people would, would experience? And so that's really what we did with Spark. We wanted to bottle up the behaviors or package them, if you will, that makes high-performing people high-performing. You write so beautifully, though, that becoming a spark is a choice and one that begins with rethinking how you respond to challenge and how you deal with fear. Tell me more about that. Yeah, you know, leadership development, if you really think about it, it's a head game. It's how you're thinking about yourself, your strengths, your challenges, your opportunities. And sometimes the greatest growth can happen just by rethinking or shifting our perspective about what we're faced with. So maybe right now you don't consider yourself a leader. Why not? 
Do you influence? Do you inspire? Do people look to you for guidance and direction? Yeah, absolutely. You can be a parent. You can be a volunteer. You have so many leadership roles that you fill. You may not consider them leadership roles, but every day you have a chance to influence and inspire. So it's your choice. And if you make those choices, you can start to then to make better choices again to how you go about influencing and inspiring. And so when we work with businesses and organizations, we don't work with just the senior managers. We work with every levels because because in organizations for businesses to achieve great results, everyone has to feel a sense that they're empowered to act, that they see themselves as a leader. You know, uh, another author that I admire is Daniel Pink. And of course, he has Mm -hmm. a wonderful endorsement on the cover of your book. And he says, a myth-destroying book that will make you rethink both the theory and practice of leadership. So right away, I want to dive into something that you say very clearly in the book. You say, look, you've got to reject the mandate to trust your instincts Tell me more about that, because that is so counterintuitive to so many paradigms in our world today. Yeah. If I were to trust my instincts, I wouldn't have gotten up early this morning. I wouldn't have went for a run. I wouldn't have you know, made a healthy breakfast. Like Our instincts want us to stay comfortable. Or you think about just some of our instincts with like our ego. Um, we want to not be accountable. We, we kind of are hardwired to be selfish people. We have to continuously override our instincts to be the better version of ourselves that we know we can be. And so that's really helping us rethink the way that we engage ourselves in which we engage our world is just you know, pausing for a second and thinking, does this behavior, does this instinct, does this call that I feel within me, is this going to serve me? Is it going to advance me closer to my goals? And it's good to challenge our instincts. Often, again, I've got, you know, two boys instinctually in the morning when they get up for school, you know, their thoughts aren't, let's cooperate with mom. Let's have a healthy breakfast. Those are, you know, the thoughts going on. They have to challenge those instincts and grow and develop. And that's the journey I think we're all on together. I love it. I love it. What about self-awareness? You know, we've all got blind spots and I think leaders should be open to that developmental feedback. Thoughts on that? I I agree a hundred percent. So I think the most important relationship we as leaders have is the one with ourselves. We should just be continuously open to getting more information about our strengths about our talents, about our limitations, and you said it, blind spots. It's not to make you paranoid or anyone listening paranoid, but sometimes somebody has information on you that if you had access to it, it could help you be a better leader. And we should invite that. We should, we should encourage that type of um, information to help us on this quest. And so part of being a leader and growing and developing as a leader is just to be insanely curious about how we can get better, even in ways that, you know, or areas that are our strengths. Like if we're like 95% really, really good at something, that 5% that remains should be wildly curious and exciting for us to explore further. And so I think that's the message that we try to keep promoting throughout Spark is that we have so much life to live. There are so many things that I think many of us want to do we should be open um, and seeking to explore those things that can help us grow and develop. I'm grateful that you said, let's continue to polish those strengths. Even though there's something that you're innately good at, they can get even better and, and shine even more brightly. So thank you for that. You know, I was uh, really drawn to this part of the book where you you write 
so eloquently about how to explore hidden talents and really encourage your team to reimagine their leadership. So how, how does one find or, or discover those hidden talents? I feel like in organizations, the best way to go about doing that is to foster a culture of feedback. Because often somebody else, as I just shared, holds information on you that if you were aware of it, it could really surprise you or delight you or excite you. Sometimes, you know, I remember I took a 360 degree assessment before I went to business school and I was surprised. And again, this was later in my adult life that my team who I was seeking feedback from thought I was really creative. I'd never really thought of myself as creative, but they saw this insight in me that was you know, interesting to further explore. So when you foster these cultures of feedback, people can point out to you things you do well, things that you can improve on, things that you're actually really good at that maybe you've taken for granted um, before. And so I feel like if you're a manager, just constantly asking your team, what are two things I can improve on? What are two things I can do well? And if you're an employee asking your boss, what are two things I do well? What are two things I can improve on? And just have that constant feedback exchange. Thank you so much for also focusing feedback on, hey, what do I do well that I can do even better? Because that's that's rarely something we talk about in performance evaluations. It's always, how do I fix what's broken? <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I know is that most professionals do not get enough praise or appreciation or insight into the areas that they're strong at. When we say feedback, people quickly turn negative, but actually feedback should um, because it does encourage and motivate us to grow, it should, we should hear on average more positive um, than we should developmental. Angie, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Angie, one of the things that I love about Spark is it it's a developmental journey for the individual leader, but also leaders inspiring those on their team, those uh, who have direct reports to succeed as well. And something that I see as an executive coach often is lack of confidence. How, how would you address helping one find their inner self-confidence? Uh, like, like you, and I'm sure we share this experience, we get to coach so many different people. And what amazes me from the outside talking to someone else is I see people's crazy strengths and their amazing talents. And yet sometimes they just don't have the confidence or belief in themselves to see it for themselves. So one of the interesting things about confidence is I can't make you confident. I can't make you experience what I see. Confidence is an inside game. It's an emotion. Uh, the term that it's researched around is self-efficacy, which means, you know, are you going to do what you say you're going to do during the moment that you're challenged? And again, it's about your emotions. Do you believe it? Are you bought into it? Because, and I love this Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Confidence plays such a powerful role in the predictor of our successes or the goals that we're going to set and the level of stretch we're going to experience. So we really wanted to dive deep into confidence and share with folks 
four different ways that you can develop your confidence. And confidence development really is a long game proposition. You know, the things we talk about are experiencing your success, developing positive self-appraisals, managing your fears, worries, and concerns, really important things. And I know in the world too, there's some immediate quick fixes, like we've heard from Amy Cuddy's power poses, which are great. But the sooner you're aware that confidence is an emotion and there are strategies to build it, the sooner you can get on with that because it has such a powerful influencer over your life. Oh, love it. Love it. I'm smiling ear to ear. Let's talk a little bit about uh, misconceptions about leadership. Certainly there are plenty out there. <laughs> the biggest one um, that we like to confront is our leaders born or made. And you could have people making a hard case for born or hard case for made, but really the science is very fascinating. We are both born and made. And the reason we know this is that the University of Minnesota has done an identical twin study looking at identical twins separated at birth and just seeing like later on in life from the nature nurture perspective, how much is, you know, nature, our ability to influence and how much is nurture. And they've discovered that 30% of us is of our ability to lead, our ability to influence and inspire is connected to our DNA. And this is things like our intellect, extroversion, stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, you know what you're kind of born with. And if you're listening to this podcast, no worries. You probably hit the jackpot on this DNA component. Um, but the 70% of our leadership abilities we can develop, and that should be exciting. So no matter where you are on your career journey, um, you can still build your leadership skills. And there's tremendous amount of leadership skills. And Spark, we focus on seven that we feel will best help you stand out in your career um, and also just in whatever leadership role that you fill. So of those seven, pick one and, and share more about that now, if you will. Credibility. I think that's one of the most important things that we want from our leaders. And we write about the four keys to credibility. And my favorite key to credibility is just really minding your say-do gap keeping the space between your action and your words as small as possible. We can't tell people or force people to believe we're credible. We have to show them not through our words, but through our actions. So being consistent, being dependable, you know, really following through on the choices and commitments that we make to other people has a really strong, powerful influence over the strength of our relationship and the trust that we experience in those. So, you know, Angie, what I find interesting, I think we're we're of uh, the same mind in that we can develop our leadership skills, we can hone them if we're in a leadership role, and it's a constant opportunity to refine and enhance those. I think it's a lifelong journey. I don't think it's a one and wow. done. But there are so many people listening around the world that are saying, okay, I do need to enhance, I do need to improve, improve my leadership skills. So in addition to reading your extraordinary book, where do they start? Yeah. So we, we don't say like, you know, pick one of seven. It's really a development of all seven, but we do start intentionally with the book talking about your character and which really is just a manifestation of your values. So if you really do want to grow and develop your leadership skills, get clear on what's important to you, what's a priority for you. And on our, in our book, we direct people to an online resource, Sparks Lead, Dot us, people can go to to download a sheet that gives them a chance to reflect upon their values. Because one, again, I shared earlier, one of the most important relationships we have 
is the one with ourselves. And if we have a really hard time leading our lives, leading ourselves, it's really hard to lead other people. And so starting there, starting with developing your character, getting in touch with who you are is a really important step in the leadership development process. You also talk about positive role models, and you certainly don't have to mention names, yeah. but role models have impacted you throughout your life. Do you feel like that is a, a constant uh, resource for you, gaining and, and uh, nurturing new role models? One of the things I love, and I imagine you do too because you have this podcast, is I love hearing people's stories. And I love asking them about their life and their choices and what led them to those decisions. And so I am really just curious about other people. I wouldn't say that I seek, quote unquote, mentorship from them, um, but, but I do get mentorship just by hearing about their life stories. I also find, too, that having this, you know, being curious about other people um, it helps me build out my network, but I don't, you know, I feel like sometimes networking has such a cheesy connotation to it. Like you're trying to get something from somebody, but the only thing I want to get from people is their stories. Because again, they, their people's stories reveal so much about their path and journey to success. And in many ways it humanizes people too. Beautifully put. So Angie, as we wrap, tell us more about LeadStar as a resource. Yeah, so my firm Lead Star, it was co-created by my business partner, a woman I served with in the Marine Corps, Courtney Lynch. And we provide executive coaching services, consulting services, um, and, and training and development, especially pre-COVID. And we have a great time doing our work. Like you, we're passionate about helping others achieve their potential. And we love to put our emphasis on business because businesses have such an opportunity to do so much good, not just for a couple people, for a lot of people and their impact in their communities, in our country, in the world. So we're really geeky and aspirational about what we feel leadership can help achieve. In our fact, our little phrase here at LeadStar is when the world has better leaders, the world is just better. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I, I celebrate the geeky. That's fantastic. Angie, thank you. I learned so much from you today. I'm, I'm truly grateful. I want to remind our global audience about the title of your book. It's called Spark, How to Lead Yourself and Others to Great Success. And you mentioned uh, Courtney Lynch, who was also a co-author along with Sean Lynch. And your amazing book is available on Amazon and at all major book retailers. And I want to uh, say again, sparkslead.us for that wonderful values assessment, which I know will be a great resource for our global listeners. Angie, thank you. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave a review because this helps new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issue you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me at Twitter, at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 oh